0: Welcome to Jabberwocky Audio Theater.
1: The following audio theater is rated ADG for general audiences.
2: In the distant reaches of space, a lone ship plunges
3: deep into the unknown. Her crew. Reg Macorum, ship's captain,
4: Granier Kachowa, pilot. Shen Enling, ship's doctor. Toimar,
0: engineer.
2: Aiden Voski, mechanic. Trapped in a nebula surrounded by enemy ships, the crew of the Tiger search for a way to escape. Jabberwocky Audio Theater presents Rogue Tiger. Tonight's episode, Cat and Mouse, Part 3.
0: Captain, isn't that the same ship we saw at the top of the nebula? Um... Number 18.
3: Good eye, Aiden. Same type of sloop, similar paint job, but look at the exhaust ports behind the aft fins. Custom Batori fittings. Nope, that's yet another ship.
1: Oh, that would make it number 23.
0: How many ships does the Xenocrity Cartel have?
1: More than enough to keep an effective net around this nebula, unfortunately.
3: And more ships than I know captains. Business must be good, despite my leaving.
1: I doubt they'd say you're leaving helped matters.
3: True, Granya, true. But if I was just dealing with Sylvia Malabar and a few of the usual suspects, I'd have a plan. As it is,
4: I'm... All right, Uh, Her Highness is getting fidgety down in the galley. Are we ready?
3: Just about, Doctor. Just about.
4: That was fast, Endling. Well, you people said you'd be done by the last sweep, so here I am.
3: Wait, we're all going down to the galley? Isn't anyone going to stay on watch? You will. Me?
4: Don't worry, Aiden. We'll let you know if Nalini calls for you. <sighs> so, are we going to do this thing?
3: Grania, how about you go down with Endling? I want to give Aiden a couple of pointers.
4: Okay. Don't dawdle. <laughs>
1: Enling, are you all right? I believe that's more of a doctor type of question. Well, you seem in a mood. I seem in a mood. You do.
4: Well, now, why would I be in a mood? Could it be we're in danger of being reduced to cinders by the captain's old co workers? We've
1: been in this sort of danger before.
4: No, not like this. This is insane. An armada of ships. A small fortune in illegal gravity generators. Are you telling me you and the captain have faced this kind of danger before? Because I sure as sin don't see either of you having any idea about how to get out of it. And the reason we might all die. Some high-maintenance highness who, even in our current situation, insists on treating me like her personal physician and guide. And she
1: broke your nose. And she broke my nose. Well, you're right. It is bad. Aiden would be a far better personal guide than you.
4: <laughs> well, he's certainly been trying. And has been accepting. Perhaps she wants an entourage. By the way, I didn't mean to say that you... I know that you and the captain are trying your best. It's just...
1: You feel trapped.
4: I feel... Don't you feel trapped?
1: A path will present itself.
4: Of course. The way reveals all things in time. I'm not like your people, Granya. i I'm not you. But you understand. Understand, maybe. Except... Ask me when we're not surrounded by an armada.
0: After 18 hours, you'd think the man would have tried something.
4: You always said he was patient. Why don't you take a break, Jochi? If
0: Reg McCoram can be patient, I can be patient.
4: <coughs> Look, I'm no doctor, but I don't think you recovered from your time in the skiff. You were days in that thing.
0: I tracked them to this nebula, didn't I?
4: Captain
5: Malabar? Ricken? Any movement from the tiger? None. And Mr. Borte? What's the latest on the Argosy?
0: Captain Kramer's still complaining about the missile hit, but we patched him up well enough to keep on station.
5: Good. Where?
0: We have him here, at the bottom of the nebula.
5: And the Chinwei signal? Captain Dubash picked it up a couple
4: of times, but it's never been strong enough to triangulate.
0: <laughs> I didn't believe that Chinwei more would work out anyway.
4: Where did Dubash pick up the signal? Here, here, and
5: here.
0: The top, bottom and middle of the nebula. That just tells us McCorm's keeping the Tiger moving.
5: That tells us the Tiger has been probing our net of ships and gravity generators.
0: Well, what good is that going to do? He must know he can't outlast us.
5: He can if all our bridge officers are in your shape, Mr. Borte. When was the last time you slept?
0: I I don't know. There was a lot to prepare.
5: I don't know is too long. Rick can escort him to his bunk, then come back here. Yes, ma'am. But, Captain... We'll wake you up when things get interesting. Where are you hiding, Reg? And where do you think you can go to?
1: In addition to their fleet deployed in this pattern here, the gravity generators are also placed all around the nebula. Tormar was able to do some scans, and the results were not good.
2: The gravity generators are directional.
5: Directional in what way?
2: Are these generators currently pointed toward the nebula? Yes. Then the enemy fleet can jump to any side of the nebula we emerge,
3: your highness.
5: I see. Thank you, Tinker.
2: What of our armaments? We have four missiles left.
3: Considering it took two salvos of four to even damage one of their ships, I don't think we can shoot our way out.
1: Besides, there are still the gravity generators.
5: One thing I am unclear on, Captain. How do these people know to find us here? The Vistulan Nebula is by no means an intuitive destination from the Rusan system where my ship was disabled.
3: No, it isn't. It might help to explain that I used to captain the lead ship that was following us. The Silver Star. The same ship that came
2: to collect you in the Rusan system, Your Highness.
3: Correct. Before I left, we were working on a one-man skiff to be used for smuggling and stealth operations. I was not aware of this. It was Jochi's baby, Tormar. I don't think he wanted you to know. I
5: don't understand. Such a craft should not be jump capable. We don't know for sure, but we think Jochi,
1: or someone, was able to follow us close enough to be caught up in our jump field. I knew
4: I saw something launch from the star, Tormar. You didn't believe me.
3: This is still a hypothesis, Doctor. Regardless, we're still here. Still surrounded.
4: Well, I'm content with the how, but what about the why? I mean, I know the Xenocrity Cartel hates you, Captain. And I'm sure there's money in kidnapping a princess. But 23 ships and almost as many gravity-well-pulsed generators? That's a lot of monets. Not to House Shinwei Moore. So what? They're going to ransom you to pay for this little escapade?
5: Possibly. My house, Clark Timmeron, has grown in influence in the Imperial Court to the detriment of House Wei Moore. Ransoming people
4: can't be an image boost, though.
5: No. But being ransomed is not desirable, either. Were I to be captured by this Xenocrity cartel, it would create a great scandal at court.
3: Because the Imperium doesn't have such crime.
5: It would also greatly embarrass my house. My father might be willing to negotiate with Shinwei any number of assets for my safe return. They, of course, would pose as the neutral intermediaries with Xenocrity. Hardly
2: honorable. But not without precedent.
5: Also, I am a royal princess, unlike the heirs of some other houses.
3: I do not understand these human relationships.
1: She can potentially marry the Imperial heir, Tormar. Shinwei Moore may simply
5: wish me dead
1: to remove that risk. Why would Xenocrity risk the attention of the great houses by murdering nobility?
4: There are easier ways to make money.
3: Territory. Hm.
2: Humans are obsessed with it.
4: Care to enlighten those of us who aren't criminal masterminds?
3: As much as the Xenocrity Cartel likes its profits, it likes to create new markets to eventually create even more profits.
4: That's what the many ships around us are usually doing, right?
3: Right. And they usually operate in Clark Timoran space. That means they have a unique ability to exchange intel with Shinwei more.
5: In exchange for what?
3: In exchange for access to all manner of possible new markets in Shinwei space.
5: I can't imagine a great house would willingly invite organized crime into their borders. Oh,
3: Xenocrity needs no invitation. They just need the right people to look the other way.
5: They would let that happen to their own people?
3: As long as the king is safe, what does it matter about the pawns?
2: Based on what we know, this hypothesis is as probable as a pure profit motive, your highness.
4: Neither why helps us pawns get out of this mess.
2: Captain,
0: you and Grania better get up here.
3: What's happened, Aiden?
0: I don't know. All of a sudden, I'm seeing a bunch of ships headed this way, like they know right where we are.
2: You've been listening to Jabberwocky Audio Theatre. Tonight's production, Rogue Tiger, Episode 23, Cat and Mouse, Part 3 of 5. Produced by Jabberwocky Audio Theatre in association with Arlington Independent Media WERALP 96.7 FM Arlington, Virginia Featured in the cast were Nick DePinto as Aidan Vosky Brooks Tegler as Captain Reg McCorum Aaron Goldstein as Grania Kochoa, Yasmin Twizon as Dr. Shen Enling and Ricken, Bjorn Munson as Jochi Borte Carol McCaffrey as Captain Sylvia Malabar Phil Amico as Tormar, Sophia Medley as Princess Nalini, and William R. Coughlin as Tinker. Recorded at Big Ben Studios by Matt Bostaff. Music composed by John Maestri and arranged by Jason Chimola. Supplemental recording at Tohubohu Productions in Burke, Virginia. Dialogue editing by Maurice Malda. Sound effects editing, mastering, and final mixing by William R. Coughlin. If you're enjoying Rogue Tiger and the other yarns we spin at Jabberwocky Audio Theatre, be sure to subscribe and share, and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash teamjabberwocky for exclusive content and to help us continue to bring you further tales of high adventure and mysterious suspense. Until next time, this is William R. Coughlin saying thanks for listening, and tune in next week for more Road Tiger.
0: Hast thou slain the Walk?